Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. You know, I, you're looking big right now. Thanks. Uh, you look like you're. I don't know if you're. It's because you're wearing like a few layers, but you just look like I am wearing a few layers. You I'm look big. I'm wearing the big man jersey, Jeff. Patrick Ewing. Oh, I was gonna say Larry Johnson. I couldn't after, see the number. After this weekend's debut of The Last <laughs> Dance. The Jordan yeah. documentary. Yeah, way to strike back at... Uh... I just want people to know out there, we can watch the documentary, we can love the documentary, mm-hmm. but this is, and forever will be, a Knicks household. Jeff, a couple weeks ago, um, I think it was a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. We we put out a whiteboard and we started writing out what our meal prep would be like for the week. Yes. Right? Shout out to Abigail. Shout out to organization. Who Sh- knew that that would ever enter our Shout house? Shout out to Josh. Two things that never entered our house before. Abigail Michael Jordan and Josh. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan and organization. Yeah. And we uh, we, we put out that whiteboard yeah. and we planned out stuff. And now I've come to the realization. That time is meaningless. That ti- And you know how? Wait, you I, really thought that? I really thought that. Mm-hmm. And you know why? Why? Because I was like, uh, fuck Taco Tuesdays. We're going to have tacos on Mondays. Wow. Way <laughs> to live it up. <laughs> Everything has gone out the door. Every- you know what else is crazy in terms of time? In 2017, Jeff, mm-hmm. we put out a song called Indoor Boys. Mm-hmm. I was in, there. I remember. In, in which we talked about basically living a lifestyle mm-hmm. that everybody is living right now. Well, I mean, yes, but no. I mean, <laughs> y- yes, but no. <laughs> like, yes, because masks we talk about staying how inside we don't like going outside and we don't like going outside so much that we start wearing masks and living a very howard hughesian lifestyle absolutely totally agoraphobic yes totally like you know yeah um, order in food yep uh you know uh, swag surf on the couches live that type of lifestyle mm-hmm. don't go outside mm-hmm. we were ahead of our time Jeff, before we get into this podcast, I do want to mention that we are a part of Patreon. Patreon is a part of us as well. Wow. Patreon.com slash it's the real. Well, what what is Patreon.com for anybody who's like new to this? Anybody who's like, oh, I saw these guys talk to Issa Rae. I saw these guys talk to Bun B. I saw these guys talk to Guapdad4000. I want to know more about them. Patreon.com is? It is a subscription service, but I mean like it is a way for people to invest in us. Yeah. And to show that we're all in this thing together. Like, yeah. if you like what we're doing and you want to see it go forward, yeah. a good way to help us is to go to patreon.com slash it's the real. And it's something where you can contribute a certain amount each month. So it yeah. keeps rolling over. If you want to uh, contribute $2, there's a certain level and you get something back for that $2. Yeah. If you want to contribute $3, that's a certain level, $10, etc. And we give you things based off of those amounts. So Like, like, like what? Like, we might give you a t-shirt every three months. Yeah. Not might. We will. We're going to. Yeah. Uh, also, stickers. Yeah. You know, we, uh, or even, like, Zooms. We do private Zooms for everybody that is a patron. You make it sound like OnlyFans, which it is not. It is not an OnlyFans. Okay. It is a Patreon. But we are doing private Zooms. It is a private Zoom. Yeah. And, uh, Fully clothed. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it is something where, uh, again, like you said, if you guys want to see this move forward, there's... The best way to go about this is to literally invest in us, yep. and we are investing uh, in this thing as well. Yep. Every day, new episodes, find them on uh, SoundCloud mm-hmm. and Spotify mm-hmm. and uh, Apple. 
CastBox. And, and CastBox. Pandora. And, and you can watch this at YouTube.com slash It's The Real. So, Jeff. All good stuff. On the podcast today. On the podcast today is Fat Joe. Yo. This is a long time coming. This this conversation made me so happy. Like, again, we were trying to get him on the podcast through, uh, I, I'd say, the better part of five years. Yeah, um, like we've, seven different people. We've seen him uh, jump in a car, like, as we were rounding the corner from our old place one day. Yeah, you I know, mean, like, you're friends with him. Yeah, I, I got to or be... friendly with I him. I got to be friendly with him where, like, you know, he, I would go to... SOBs and he would see me and he would dap me up or we would be at like DJ Khaled's SNL after after party and he would see me there and dap me up yeah right I mean like but what's being left out of this is that he would see us yes and he would acknowledge you that's right uh, never we were, met me we went to Lior Cohen's uh sort of uh panel discussion one night yeah Fat Joe was there I was always like the 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 guy <laughs> like you know uh, how Teddy Riley had the guy in the back Yes, yes. That's me. That was you? Yeah. He, that guy had the best time on uh, on Saturday night. Then maybe it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Fat Joe. This discussion is so great, and it's something like 40 minutes, and it is just a primer to when we get back into uh, our normal A Waste of Time with It's the Real yeah. phase mm-hmm. and have a six-hour conversation with Fat Joe. And then we had Peter Rosenberg on you know, shout out to Peter, a longtime friend of ours, uh, a real friend of ours, a real great human, and uh, and he really does represent for the culture. I know a lot of people out there are like, oh, you know, I want to hear his take on this, but not this, or I don't want to hear any take from Peter. Peter's smart, he's thoughtful, and uh, we get both of those things in talking about not just the state of the world and the nation, but talking about uh, his recent uh, tete-a-tete, tete-a-tete, yeah, yeah, with uh, the Jay Electronica stuff, yeah, with uh, anti-Semitism on the internet, yeah. So we get into that, and that's a a fantastic discussion, well worth listening to. And then Jeff Fabio Farin, Fabio Farin is a different, it's a different kind of conversation. That is that is that is exactly how to describe it. It is short and funny. <laughs> it and is funny, <laughs> like him uh, him talking to his baby mother. It's great. Is the best. Uh, him in the kitchen it's yep. wild make sure you you stay until the end and listen to uh fabio foreign yep jeff let's now get on the phone with my friend mm-hmm. fat joe joey crack what up hey eric how you doing my brother i'm good how are you living i'm here with my brother jeff right now too Yo, Jeff, what's good, baby? What up, Joe? How are Yo, you? Yo, Joe, you know how long we've been trying to get you on the podcast. Obviously, these are crazy circumstances, so no one is here. So we had to call down and get you on the phone. You are the greatest storyteller in all of music. How are you holding up during these days right now? Well, I'm good, man. You know, I've been working. You know, when you really look at it, I've been working for 25 years nonstop. Yeah. I never really, you know, I'm not the vacation type. So I'm never really like home, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that I've been able to be home with the family and spend time with the family uh, has been a blessing to me. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And uh, so I've been home. I've been quarantined. Uh, I've been like, you know, just 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 focused and, and, and forming myself, preparing myself. You know, we got to come out of here better than we went in. You know what I mean? So whether that's arming ourselves with knowledge or preparing for when this is over, 
you know, just a lot of a lot of get focused, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, is there an adjustment for you in that? Because I mean, you did say you're not somebody who can just like relax. So like, are you pacing the halls? Are you able to sit down and, and relax? Nah, I think one day I've been I've actually been quarantined a month and a half. So I took it serious from day day one. Yeah. So so I've been in the house up, I think maybe one one or two days the most that uh that 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 I just got up and felt like that that antsy that <laughs> oh well, we you know that that little depression vibe and then snap right out of it you know what I mean and then you take on another job and you have this Instagram show every single night so it's like one more thing on your plate you know no it's really a job I'm gonna tell you the blessing and uh the blessing and the curse the blessing is it gives me something to do every day. So every day I'm plotting, I'm thinking about who I'm going to have on as guests. I'm thinking about, boom, talking to the people, you know. Uh, but at the same time, <clears throat> that takes hours of preparation. Yeah. It ain't just you throw on the, the show and then, you know, Andrew Yang shows up or <laughs> Dr. Oz. It's like you got to work to get these people. You Then, then you got to. You know, the way I do it is I sit down and I figure out what I'm going to ask them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It might look spontaneous, but, you know, I all day I'm thinking, all right, so I'm going to ask, you know, Steve Stout this. I'm yeah. I'm going to ask him that. I'm going to, you know. You know yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. You knew yeah. you had Fat Joe today. He was like, all right, let me prepare. Let me see what I'm going to ask Joe. That's exactly right. But, like, okay, so here, here are two things that we've had to deal with over the years. We've been doing this now for five. So, like. Are there any people who have dropped out? And are there any people who are mad that you haven't asked them? I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, I don't know yet. I don't know who has dropped out. I, I don't know. Um, I uh, the, the only one that's been ducking me is my brother, DJ Khaled. He Damn, really? Show every, he needs he a haircut. The show. He needs a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's afraid <laughs> you know that's my brother that's one of my best friends of on course Earth, so he's, a, he's afraid of the questions I, I might ask him or whatever he's just he's just ducking me oh my god I mean? that seems like, like a Khaled problem not a joke problem yeah <laughs> yeah he watches the show every day right after he, he'll FaceTime and be like, yo, that was dope. Yo, that's I mean, even worse. He, he FaceTimes you. So you're just like, you can't do this on the on the Instagram live? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're <laughs> me, man. You're um, me. Joe, as I said, you're the greatest storyteller in music. And one of my favorite things was uh, back in December, Drink Champs did a holiday special, right? And you yeah. and Dre showed up like fresh off of a Miami Heat game. And you are starving and you sit down and you're like, please, someone just bring me something, an hors d'oeuvre, a dish. I don't care. Just put it in front of me. And then someone gets to, to asking you a question and you're like, you know, that's funny because there are people out there who don't believe the stories that I tell. Maybe it's because they're so cinematic. It feels like a movie the way I tell the story. And you got up out of your chair and you're talking about when you, you know, you went to prison and you, you had all the people there who were like banging on the bars and excited that you were going to be in the building. And you're telling this story and you're so focused in this zone and you're so passionate about it. And then you just sat down, you took a breath, and you're like, yo, this food's really delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was it was so yeah. good. You know, my mind is crazy, man. It wanders <laughs> off for everywhere. You know what I mean? And then what happens with me is I usually tell stories. Actually, you, you guys really haven't heard all the real stories. Oh, my like, God. 
You know what I mean? I got a whole chamber of stories I can't even tell. Yo. And if I did tell with this new generation and with all this social media and all that, they wouldn't believe it. So there's some stories I could tell that you just wouldn't believe that you'll be like, nah. <laughs> oh, wait, Joe, just just try me. <laughs> nah, nah it's, 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 it's crazy, man. I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'll tell you one time, back in the days before I rapped, you know, I went through one quarantine. So we, we, where I used to, oh, man, I don't like talking like this, but where I used to hustle at mm-hmm. was a strip of maybe 10 blocks, right? And something that happened where there was a lot of, uh, uh, like, dolphins were dying. Yeah. Right? So they quarantined the whole neighborhood. The National Guard came out there and locked down the whole neighborhood. And they had guys um, on the speaker, almost like those trucks that go around when you vote for mayor. Yeah, yeah. And the guys on speaker, do not use this this heroin. Do not use because it's killing people. So it killed like three, four dolphins. And in a 10 block radius, which was in the eighties, uh, yeah, you was going to jail for it. And you, there's people still in jail from that time. But yeah. where I was at, it was almost like wall street. So imagine the old school wall street where people used to put the white pieces of paper in the air while they were trading. It was that legal. It was Jesus in the middle of the street. The cops came and took 30 people. There'd be 30 new drug dealers on the block that in, in 10 seconds. Jesus. And then it just, it was like that. You couldn't get rid of it. It was just a, a market of it, right? And so all that was empty like it is right now, quarantine. Nobody could come because they had actual National Guard Army guys at the corner. And they would check your ID to see if you lived on the block. You know, it was crazy. Of course, I was the only guy in the 10 block radius that was coming outside like every hour and was like fucking going hand to hand myself like Man. selling myself like selling you know and all the fiends coming before the cops could catch me you know it just it just it's gone man it was such a demand it was gone but that that's the type of uh not proud of it but that's no of course of, like, joe you've also the type you, of daredevil shit fat joe has always been and you've Go you and like you've that. talked about how krs1 saved your life with this music thing who who do you think Whose life do you do you think that you've saved? Oh, whose life did I save? Man, I've saved. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I've always said the feds, the government should pay me for being a shrink for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because all the guys in my neighborhood, pretty much anybody my age, already did twenty years in jail, twenty five. These are really, really technically bad people that could have done uh, very bad things to people. And for some reason, they love Joe because I come from where they come from and we can relate, you know, and they come to me and they tell me, Joe, I I really want to hurt this other guy. And I'm like, no, man, listen, that's the way, you know, I have been a shrink to the most craziest people you could ever think in the history of mankind Mm. and talk them out of violence and doing like real terrible things, you know what I mean? And I'm not just talking about 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 Maybe a hundred different people I've done, you know, save their lives, man, just by talking to these guys for fucking, you know, think Fat Joe the Rapper, number one record, and I'm sitting on a corner talking to a loose cannon for like four hours to like five in the morning, convincing them, talking them off the ledge. Yeah. 
they're like, yo, you know Chico from down the block? And of course we know Chico. Well, I'm going to kill that guy. And I'm I'm the guy convincing him not to. Yo. Yo, listen, and Chico never knows because, you know, it's a code of silence. You ain't telling nobody what's going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, people, if only people knew. Well, let me you know ask you I this mean? then. You've 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 run with the same guys for for so long. We see Uncle Dan around you. We see Mayor around you. We see Rich around you. How do you how do you feel about loyalty? Well, that's everything to me. You know, uh, it's 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 uh, uh, you know what Fifty Cent said. Fifty Cent told me now that we're cool. He said, "Listen." The biggest, the, the best things about you is your biggest weakness. And I said, what do you mean? He said, because I know you're loyal and I know you have a lot of pride. So whenever I would fuck with you, I know you would jump out the window immediately and start answering back. And, you know, here we go again. And, that, and, that, and that's my greatest gift. And it's also my biggest weakness is that I'm loyal like that. So right now we're like, uh, just, just to give you some real talk. Right. So right now we're in quarantine. Right. We cancel maybe 20, 30 concerts, festivals that I can't even begin to explain to you how blessed I am, how much I get paid. For. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, we, it's canceled. Now I have my businesses, my stores. It's closed. It's non-essential. These are sneaker stores. So I'm not really making much money from the house. You understand what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm just home. Yeah. Like, you know, and uh, but yet and still over 20, 30 people I know I've passed away. So so now it's time to tighten the belt. So now's the time to avoid paying anything. Yeah. Try that much. Anything that won't destroy your credit, I'm not paying. Yeah. So if I'm getting invoices from like, you know, people who've done anything, it's if, if it ain't something life or death, I'm not paying it right now. Yeah. I gotta pay the, the what I have to pay, and then just chill, Joe. Take your time to this loosens up. Boom. The newest thing is everybody's dying. Yeah. So if you look, they put this map yesterday. It was so scary of the red dots in, in America, and all the red dots are in New York. New York, yeah, yeah. and New Jersey, but yeah. That, that Joe is a king of New York. Yep. I know everybody. So now a lot of people I know and family members, they're passing away. And everybody's doing a GoFundMe. Everybody. My yeah. father died. My cousin died. My brother died. But this is GoFundMe heaven going on right now for families. I get it that their family died. They got to put a funeral. They got to bury them. And, you know, here comes the loyalty. Yeah. Everything in the world tells me, Joe, you're not making no money. You got to be very careful. You can't be out here. It's a GoFundMe every day. And then Fat Joe can't come up on there for $500, $1,000 on the GoFundMe. It's Fat Joe. Man. You know, no, it's... it's yeah, it's, no, I get the it. the shit I can ever tell you. You know what I mean? You want real shit? I'm telling you the real no, shit. No, that's, 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 that is the realest shit right now. And that's, that's, you know, so that's pulling you both you ways. Yo, so that's that loyalty. Yeah. That's that loyalty. Um... Joe, uh, one of your uh, television friends, Ari Melber, our mom, our mom is the biggest Ari Melber fan in the world. And for the longest time, you know, we've had everybody from, you know, Bun B to The Locks to... Uh, I mean, everybody. Every, Cardi B, everyone's been on the show. Our mom 
wants us to get Ari Melber on the show so bad. And yesterday, crazy coincidence, Ari Melber follows us on Twitter. You're friends with Ari. Can you tell us why we should be friends with Ari? Man, first of all, uh, if you talk about kindred spirits, okay, uh, if you talk about a person that you meet and you know sincerely is a beautiful person, bless you, my, it's a beautiful person and, 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 and it's a man of the people and morals. Like you could just tell Ari's just the best guy in the world when you meet him. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I do anything for Ari mm. because he's he's just a great guy. And your mother's right about him. <laughs> great judge. No, she's a good judge of character. Yo, she's gonna love hearing this, she, by the way. No, I'm telling you, she's gonna know. He's a kindred soul, bro. He's a he's he's, he's you know he's a really beautiful person that cares about people, and that's what and and, and basically that's what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to people for different reasons. I might have my favorite rapper or my favorite producer or my favorite sports person. But really, really, when it comes down, bless you, my, really, really, when it comes down to people is I love givers. Mm. I, love people, I love people who care about people. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Yeah. So if I'm sitting here, you know, I mean, you know, why haven't we watched on TV? I, I haven't watched everything on Netflix. I watched Netflix, like the whole <laughs> like, like I've mastered the category of Netflix <laughs> onto Apple. Like you know what I mean? Like it's like I've been watching everything, and so I get into uh, watching the Super Bowl performances, mm. like uh, uh, Beyonce and the J Lo, and all the way back. And then I watched the Michael Jackson. Mm. Uh, uh, Super Bowl, and he had a, 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 a like a million kids come, and the whole crowd flip. You know how they do? Yeah, the wave? yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Wave with the little kids, it's a better play. People dying, right? Yeah. So you know that's the shit that makes Fat Joe cry, sitting on the couch looking at all these kids, black, white, Latino, Asian. You know, and they all singing together, and I'm just like, this guy loved the people. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and so you, you probably figured out by now. I don't believe none of the rumors they say about Michael Jackson. I believe he's he's a beautiful person, beautiful soul. Never did none of that that they trying to say, and he's very misunderstood. And he really loved people. You know what I mean? I I just don't think you could just love people so hard. And do so much for people and then be this like evil genius behind the closet. I don't believe that. Yeah, the only evil genius we know is DJ Green Lantern. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to know, you know, Joe, you're you're somebody who has dropped a lot of weight. Um, you know, this is a time when a lot of people are stuck inside the house. There's no real structure to people's days. Do you have a workout regimen that you're doing? Like how are you keeping active? But it's, it's, it's sad because you know, there's a lot of things I never I never got in my house. I never got a gym in my house. So I live in a gated community and they have a big gym and nobody really goes there. So whenever I want to work out, I go there. Mm. But I can't go there now mm. because of the quarantine and because, you know, the infections, whatever. So now um, when I did go away for four months, I was in a building that had no gym. So they taught me how to work out. 
without that. So mm. I've been in my rooftop with me, my wife. I went from doing it with criminals to doing the workout with my wife and my daughter Man. on the rooftop and trying to get something in. Now, dude, I wish I had a full-fledged gym. In. <laughs> if, if I had a full-fledged gym in my house right now, you know, I'd be skinny Joe. Like, really skinny Joe. Because, you know, I could do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't bother me. Like, I could watch... TV and get on the elliptical or the treadmill for an hour, two hours. No problem. Yeah. No problem. But, you know, now we have to do it. And then the thing, I just know but one routine. So it's starting to get boring to me. You know what I mean? So I'm trying my best. I'm trying to keep a, a, a track of the carbs. I'm trying, you know, we're trying our best. You know, my wife, she barely eats, you know what I mean, on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, my wife... My wife is one of them uh, girls. She goes to the restaurant and orders everything like it's Thanksgiving. Right? <laughs> and then she eats one piece of zucchini, <laughs> one piece of... And you wind up eating the whole shit. You know what I mean? Just, Wait, is that what brought you guys together? Huh? Is that what brought you guys together? No, her fat ass and her beautiful face <laughs> when first got us together. <laughs> and then everything else worked this way. Work this way out. Joe, uh, one of our one of our favorite people in this business is Sean Pekas. Um, and you have talked about how whenever you guys go out to a restaurant, uh, you know, he'll order just like wine after wine after wine and he'll stick you with the bill. Um, how how is your guys uh with the bill the, the, the gimmick is he would be like, yo, let's go to dinner. And then we go half and half. And by the way, Sean Peck has got money yet. <laughs> yes, he years. does. So I sit down with the man and we order and these dinners are like $2,000. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm wondering how much fucking, you know, after the 50th time, I said, yo, why? Every time I go with Peck, I said, it's a $1,500, $2,000 bill. This shit crazy. Like, <laughs> I think they... They rob me and Pecos every time we walk in the restaurant. They must think we rich or something. <laughs> so then I start thinking about it. I'm like, yo, you know what? I don't drink. And this motherfucker always orders two, three dollars of the finest wine in the world. And I noticed the food is only $300. And it's fucking $1,200 on wines. Yo. <laughs> I, I called the mother and said, yo, bro, you've been jerking me for 100 years. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty. It's out. pretty smart. It's pretty smart, <laughs> Joe. That's pretty smart. Um, yeah. we first met uh when uh you came through to Bun B and Static Selecta's uh like twelve hour recording session out in Brooklyn. Yeah. You were yeah. watching on YouTube the live stream and you thought, yo, fuck this, I can't not be a part of this, right? Method Man was yeah. there and like Talib Kweli yeah. was coming and just like the list of like real MCs was just like phenomenal. And then you have Bun and Static and yeah. Static looked into the camera and he said, Joe, I know you're watching. You know the address. Come through. You said you threw on your shoes, jumped in the truck and rode right over. So I was standing in the uh, actual control room. It was Queenie, Bun's wife, sitting in the corner. And you sat down with a pen and pad and wrote out your verse. Well, first, actually, you were like, yo, play me, play me the beats. I don't care about the themes. I just want to hear the beats. The third one, you were like, that's the one. Give me a pad and paper. You sat down. You wrote your shit out. And I was just I was just like enjoying like, you know, the process, right? And I was behind the door, remember? And you turned to me and you go, yo, what's a word 
a better word for wall. And I'm like, yo, this is my moment right here. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I go, I, I go drywall. And without even flinching, you go, uh, probably something that doesn't rhyme with wall. I was like, fuck. And, and so someone else walked in and goes sheetrock. You're like sheetrock. And you fucking killed the verse. You, you heard it back and you're like, nah, I'm going to stick around and do the hook also. And you came up with the Basquiat hook. And it was, we were there with like uh, Michi from Flatbush Zombies. We were all standing there just taking this in. And it felt like such a true hip hop moment. Can you talk about being there, just coming in, vibing with Bun, vibing with Static and, and creating that with Smoke Dizza as well. But also like what it was like to to make Eric feel so bad about drywall. Exactly right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let me tell you, I can, that's like an octopus question. It has like 10 legs to it. Right? Yeah. So first of all, true, I was in my bed about to go to sleep. The craziest thing that you didn't realize was I was up working all day from like 6 in the morning, like doing, so I was delirious. So when I watched this on my phone, I thought it was one of the dopest hip-hop moments ever. And I wanted to be a part of it, but I was actually a zombie. <laughs> and and me, I can't really think that well without rest. So so you got you actually got to see the bad Fat Joe. It wasn't even like Fat Joe on the top of this game because I was delirious, but I knew this was so dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I rushed down there and um no, no, Mike, give me a soda, Mike. Give me a soda. So I rushed down there, um, and I went to Brooklyn, and I, I, I believe I even had my pajamas on. <laughs> so I walked up in there, I seen Bones, I seen So first of all, to me, in, in, in the creation of music, it's always the beat first. Mm -hmm. The beat tells me what to say. So in, in a weird way, you know, I got to hear the beat, and then the beat tells me, all right, let's do this. Also, I come from violence. I come from criminal background. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah. So every everything I hear is always with ignorance and like that that old step, you stepping on the line. Do you know what I mean? Yep. It's, 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 I don't give a fuck about your fault. Something's happens. Yeah. We from the Bronx, New York. Shit happens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's always uh like like walking on that on that wire over the volcano. Like I'm always <laughs> shit, but it's always like daring you. It's always like shit, man. This guy Fat Joe, man. You know what I mean? He he's talking extra ignorant shit. So you hear the. So when you said drywall, it probably didn't fit what I was trying to say. I was trying, I believe, I don't remember the rhyme, but I believe I was talking about having like in the walls. Yeah, like, exactly. Like you see in the, in the cartoons, the drywall probably didn't work. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, so that's just how I, I always speak of it like from a criminal element. Mm. I don't know why, even, even in a conscious song. So if I'm speaking, if I'm rapping on a conscious song, I'm rapping on a conscious song on how the government or somebody's doing some fucked up criminal shit to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's always like that. And for me, I looked at you and I didn't even notice you. <laughs> I was almost halfway dead because you was hiding behind the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
and you're real skinny. So <laughs> you, you was behind the door. So I looked up. I was like, holy shit. I was back here the whole time. <laughs> and, I, and you forgot what I did tell you. I told you it's crazy, right? Because people been saying for years, I don't write my rhymes. Yeah. I told you this, like, I told you this that day. I was like, yo, how crazy is this? People, <laughs> yo, people be saying I don't write my rhymes. A hundred percent. You write a whole song in your face. Joe, I told, and, I told so many people about that. I was just like, yo. And by the way, like, we're not the guys who believe that you did not write, but to see you, <laughs> because a lot of people, a lot of people type into their phones now, you know, and then there's the people who just like, you know, go off the dome and do whatever. But like, to see you write longhand was. That's how I learned from day one uh, in my mother's kitchen for Forest Projects and then with uh with Pun, you know, I, I said Big Pun taught me a lot how to write. So even though I signed him and and he was his mentor, he taught me a lot about writing. So we would always have like notebook pads staring at each other. So like even the song I did with uh uh, Primo played at the battle the other day. The enemy with Big Al. Yeah, yeah. Big Al's Big Al uh, told me I had just went gold on Don Carter Jr. He said, "Listen, I'm gonna take all your fans. <laughs> I'm gonna whip you, and I'm letting you know I'm gonna rip you down on this song." Mm. So, so we had to write our rhymes right in front of each other, looking at each other. You Crazy. Know? I mean, I, I Crazy. Real old school. Yeah, yeah. Old school thing. Like, back in the days, it wasn't send me the track, I'll do it, <laughs> this, that. It used to be, like, Nas would come to the studio, Raekwon would come to the studio, and everybody would write in front of each other. Yeah. And you got to so pull that, up at... That's how it was. You got to pull up on Flex at D&D or whatever, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flex, D&D. All that, all that stuff was, like, you know, back in the day, it was more like, in, in you know, you had to be there with everybody. You walk in it like I remember I did a, a Ron G tape, right? Uh, mm-hmm. DJ Ron G. Yeah. And I remember coming in, I saw Biggie. Biggie was leaving. It was in Harlem, so I seen Biggie. I was like, "Yo, what's up, Big? This, this, that, that." I went inside. I might have stood in there for like an hour. I said my rhyme. Walking out, I saw Tupac coming in. Like, like motherfuckers would have to go there. You know what I mean? Like Man. DJ Clue, same thing. I would go to his house. When I'm walking out, I see Mace or Prodigy or going to Envy's house. The same shit. Like back in the days, it wasn't that technology. Like you had to go and you had to write in front of motherfuckers and you had to work. Mm. Uh, Joe, you're somebody who has just like an incredible memory. I was wondering if there are any moments in your life that you wish you had a clearer like vision of still. I don't know, man, but I know that the process of writing uh, my book has to come soon because I'm, I'm starting to forget key stories and key elements and key, like, you know what I mean? For many years, I knew all these stories like water, but, you know, I'm starting to, you know, it's, you know, I've been, I've been through so many chambers of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, just, it's almost like an onion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has so many layers to the shit. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm like, man, fuck, you better hurry up and write this book before you forget some crazy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, are and you, yeah. are, how how far along into that process are you, or have you just not even man, started? it's all in my mind. You know what I mean? I've been offered book deals. Uh, we're considering one right now. And, uh, but 
you know, I want my book to be more about me growing up, like before rap music, and then obviously leading into rap music. I didn't really want it to so much to be like the time I met this Marquis. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? I don't know why. You know what I mean? I just think I had such a troubled life, such a troubled upbringing. And for the most part, you know what I mean? When you see, I'm I'm a good guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a good guy. I'm nice to people. I care about others. I'm always trying to spread knowledge. I'm always trying to help others. That's pretty insane when you look into my 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 life with a with a telescope and you really see what I came up with with violence, so much betrayal, and so much shit around me. You, it's impossible for that to be the solution. Well, like Joe. The are you then, if if you sit, you know, down today and you look back at your life, are you surprised that you made it here, or are you like, yeah, I put in the work? One billion percent, I'm surprised. I don't know how I'm sitting here talking to you. I'm being honest with you. Like Fat Fat Joe, you know, my best friend on earth, on earth, on earth, my best friend on earth is doing life in prison. Mm. No chance of coming home. So for me to be here with you, forget it. Forget about hip hop. Forget about just me being here. Whether deaf or like, I, you know, I escaped deaf maybe 30 times. I'm not bullshitting, trying to sound tough. You know, I had one guy shoot at me eight times in two days. Mm. Like eight different fucking times coming out the building. The guy pulls up, shoots the shit. The whole building's mad at me because this girl almost got killed because me. I jump in a rental car thinking I'm going to break out. The guy comes right back around, shoots up the whole rental car. Jesus. The, I mean, insane. It was like that movie. Uh, there's a movie. Uh, what was my bad? Uh, shit. Steven Seagal in Brooklyn where the guy just kept trying to kill him. Like, you remember the guy? Uh, Richie. Richie was trying to kill him. My man, Richie <laughs> was trying to kill him. You do life like Richie trying to kill me in one day, two days, to the point of the craziest guys I knew, I was calling them like, yo, I'm fucked. Like, yo, this guy's trying to kill me. They, they didn't want no parts of this shit. They was hearing about it in the Bronx. It was like, oh my God. Dude, you gotta figure it out. By Has the way, yo, yo, I was just gonna say, shout out to Rich Player the God. Uh, I was two seconds away from suggesting Drywall as the, as the name of the movie, but whatever. Listen, uh, <laughs> Joe, uh, first of all, thank you for this phone call. Thank you for all the work that you've put in throughout your whole career. And thank you for the, wor the work you're doing now on Instagram. Like, we watch every night. We see you with Stout. We see you with, with, with Jesse Reyes. I love the connection that you guys have. And your energy and your knowledge are so important right now. And you using your platform has been just exceptional. And I'm sorry it took me so long to get on you guys. And I promise y'all, and I always keep my promise. You heard that story with Steve Stout yesterday when he was saying he thought I robbed him. And I yeah. said, <laughs> I gave him the money. That's a true story. I would have never said it. Um, and I got robbed for the money. God damn. How crazy was that? Very. Like, so, so like, let me tell you. There was a gimmick. And yeah, yeah, this is the realest show y'all ever had. I'm going to tell you that much. I don't got to listen to your shows. Nobody else can talk from where I can talk from. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Nobody else done or lived what I lived. Any of these rappers. Mm. So, it's just, that's a thing. You know, I, they, I know it. I don't think I know it. I know I know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But let me tell you a story. There was always a gimmick, right? Always guys, they would get uh, drugs from a connect. 
right? Yep. And even if things were going great, at least once every two weeks, guys would stage robberies. They would tell the connect, hey, uh, the cops came. The cops came and took 10 grand and my guy got locked up. I got to bail him out. They, they Just people trying to get over on the connect. Mm-hmm. So the connect either hurt you if he was a bad guy or he'll have you work it off or it would be part of the cost of doing business. Yep. Now, it's a nice story with, 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 with uh, Steve Stout. Steve Stout. I could have easily told Steve, yo, Steve, we got robbed. He would have had a bad taste in his mouth and he would have said, damn, maybe Joe, you know, robbed me or schemed on me. But I told him last night for the first time, and this was 10 years ago or something. I said, yo, by the way, Steve, I got robbed for the money you gave me, bro. Mm. And I still gave it back to you. Man. And I got robbed for my money, too. Man. So, Whatever he put up, so we was doing like a reggaeton rap concert. He had the stadium, right, in Puerto Rico. Yep. So he said, get the reggaeton artist. I knew one guy. I didn't even tell you his name. His name was Willie. I still know him. He's a good guy. His name was Willie. He managed Evie Queen big time. She's like a fat Joe of reggaeton, mm-hmm. right? So a living legend, whatever. Boom. So I went to Willie. I said, Willie, you know all the reggaeton guys. How much is it going to cost for us to hire the reggaeton guys? I'm going to come with the rappers. And we're going to do like a rap and reggaeton concert. Steve Stout's idea. So I gave him a bag of money. A lot of money, too, by the way. <laughs> Willie came back crying. Rich players on the phone. He knows the story. <laughs> crying in tears talking about they robbed him. The guy he gave the money to scammed him, whatever. But we believe Willie. To this day, Willie's my friend. So I, I, you know, I said, Willie, I, and I believe you. I still believe Willie, right? But I guess it took a long time. I didn't know how to tell Steve, like, yo, Steve, I got robbed. Mm. Maybe on some machismo shit. That's what he was trying to say yesterday. Yeah. But by the way, I got robbed for the money. And I saw him the first time I saw him. I still sat next to him and gave him the money. Mm. Loyalty. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Joe, we love you. Take care of yourself down there. Uh, When this is all over, when this is all over. We got to do an in-person one. Yo, it's going to be like six hours. We'll have food on deck. (laughs) It's going to be phenomenal. Yo, shout out. And, and yo, and also shout out to everyone through the years who's been pressing you to be on the podcast, from Angie to Mayor to to just everybody, everybody. Let me tell you, everybody loves you. Mayor tells me all the time, <laughs> y'all, all the time. He said, "Look, they're willing to come to Miami." Yeah, we we we, we were. Yeah. Joe, we have the greatest. <laughs> oh man, Joe, we got the greatest idea. We're gonna tell you about it off, off, off this. Uh, uh, we do it. We do it. We do it. We it's the greatest. Over, we'll do it. Joe, you're the best. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself. You guys. Take Bye-bye. care. Jeff, let's get on the phone now with Peter Rosenberg. Peter! What's up? Hey! How are you? It only took 30 days, <laughs> three, three guests a day, mm-hmm. um, so I, I made your top 100. That's really, that's nice. That's really nice. Yo, Peter, we're going to do a list of our top yeah, <laughs> friends. T- yeah, top friends. You're going to be, it, 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 we're thinking that you would be like 500. <laughs> I I mean, I, I think this proves I'd be at least top 500. Peter, yeah. um, I want to get to the most important thing during this whole quarantine. How are you and LL Cool J doing? That's a great point. It's a really, it's a really great point. That was one of the early things of quarantine. Um, we, um, you know, 
I don't know what's ever going to happen between me and LL. This oh. relationship is fractured. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, isn't it a good thing that you guys are both inside and not able to, like, find one another right now? <laughs> great point. It's a great point you bring up. I mean, yeah, the idea of us both in the street right now. It's, it's a good. scary it's thought. Good. Yeah. 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 I mean, it it takes you back to a ne- another era in hip hop. Yeah. Things were got crazy. And uh, I certainly don't, you know, listen. I'm not saying I won't take it there at another point, Man, but listen. obviously right now you prioritize things. Peter, please don't bring this up like on our podcast. That's crazy. I wonder. <laughs> Drop that headline. Get that big headline. Rosenberg reignites the with LL Cool J. Do you think it makes LL mad that you have a Def Jam jacket with your name on it? I mean, you know what? And the truth is, like, who knows if they were even able to get a hold of him to get him the new one. So oh. maybe like... Maybe LL doesn't even have the new one because he's like too big. Oh, so like they couldn't get it to him. Damn. Like, Where do you think that great. LL stands in like the top hundred friends on <laughs> on Def Jam? Do you think that he's in the top hundred? Because well, he didn't LL, get a jacket. <laughs> LL LL should be. You know, when you think about it, number one. Yes. He is. You know, this week. Um, Howard Finkel, the ring announcer for WWE, passed away. Yeah, I sorry to that. hear that. Yeah, and he was um, employee zero zero one at at WWF. Is that right? And he was. And LL Cool J's first single, the the code on it is is zero zero one. Def Jam zero zero one. Also, yeah, he's the original. But that being said, he doesn't have a Def Jam jacket. <laughs> I know. That's what I find weird about it. Um. Peter, you've been you've been working from home. You have a million jobs, but you've still been working every day. Um, you've been doing like a video uh, component to this whole thing too. Hot ninety seven, ESPN, WWE, all that. But uh, do you switch up the backgrounds behind you for each show? It's funny that you asked that because I was I was really I was doing that, um, and I just I just to this morning. I woke up and decided to completely switch rooms altogether. Whoa. So so now I am doing a whole new look um, in the living room. I, to answer your question, yes, I was switching <laughs> up the backgrounds and like hanging up different stuff. But like all of it looked pretty bootleg because I don't have any like bookcases in that room. So it's just like hangers with clothes on it and <laughs> it just looked like trash so i switched out to my living room which you guys know what it looks like yes kind of i put a chair sort of caddy corner with like the jukebox and the little bookcase over there so those will be so behind like, you so now behind me you'll see like the, the jukebox next to me nice and then like i arranged like there's a little weird bookcase and i arranged like some stuff that i think i'll leave pretty static that sits there and i think it'll be a cleaner look and I, I, it's like it's a ridiculous, you know, it's a weird thing to spend time thinking about. But like, because you're stuck here, yeah, I mean, that's all you can think about. Peter, like, everything is weird. Everything is right? weird. <laughs> so I, I mean, so it, I, I felt really good. So like, the Yes Network, which airs the Michael K Show, they brought a, a camera on a tripod and they brought a pretty big light, and it's it's all you know, it's somewhat cumbersome, all of it, and it basically completely took over my guest room. Yeah, and so I, I was in that room all the time. And I just, in addition to the look being bad, I just kind of got sick of like being in that cramped room. Yeah. So by, you know, and I'm sure maybe in another month, I'll be annoyed of now having this tripod and this light kind of sitting in my living room. 
but I'm enjoying the fact now that the other room's completely empty. Um, and this stuff sitting in this room, like, who cares? That's all I have in coming over. So, um, well, but, but it, Peter, work. I want to be clear, you know, President Trump said that we're free to go <laughs> whenever you want. So like, you don't even have to worry about another month of this. Like you could just walk outside. So, Guys, it's really, it's April. It's April and it's warming up, right? It's so. already been Easter. Yeah. No, it's time. It's time <laughs> to reopen New York. Everything's fine. I don't know what people are talking about. It's time to reopen America. There's not even I don't there's I I can't believe that the media has pulled off faking 30,000 deaths in this country. Like yeah, this. It's really that, unbelievable. That is the biggest crime here. Yeah, why is it the media? Where's the vaccine and the tests for the media? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. We need to test to see if it's real media or fake news. I, honestly, I've never been this, like, since 2016 or 2015, whenever he kind of came on the scene in this way seriously, I've never been as mad as I am right now. Yeah. I, I cannot believe. And, like, the other day, here's the thing. I'm so desperate for things to be better that I'll believe anything. Like... When he was like, hey, you know what? I know I said I have total authority. Guess what? It's on the states. You guys make the call. We're going to decide state by state. We're going to open up, you know, depending on what states are ready. And Ebro and I were on the air. And, and honestly, both of us, like, and think about what that says. We were both like, hey, you know what? He's the worst ever. But guess what? This plan ultimately is what the plan should be. So, okay. And we fell for it for a second. The and bar then, has been lowered just, I, I can't even explain how far. And so to well, believe that, that's that what yeah, he does. yeah. That's what he does. And, and then and then once he lowers the bar and you think that he's actually stepped over that low bar, he then tweets and goes way beneath that low bar. It was all a setup. That whole thing of, you know, the states have all the power. He then turned around and went on Twitter and attacked those states. Nuts. It's I, I, I cannot grasp it. I, I just can't get it. And like yesterday when I when I saw the tweets and then I saw the people going on the beach in Jacksonville, oh. uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on, on Friday. Yeah. When I saw that happen, I I was like, oh, my God, we may not get out of this. Like yeah. we, we we may not like there's a chance that this doesn't get better in a couple months. Like there's a chance this really does become years and we never fully recover as a nation. And don't get me wrong. I'm okay with the U S being knocked down off our pedestal. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Like we, we have this false sense of bravado. That's complete BS. Like I'm, we are not the new England Patriots. We are much closer to the Cleveland Browns. Right. And I, I'm well, okay with us. I'm, no, I would say we're, we're sort of like the Patriots because we cheat. <laughs> Well, that's right. And we tell everyone we're great. It's just like we don't actually win anything. Right. So you're like so like we're like a cheating version of the Browns. Um, And, you know, so listen, I'm okay with us being knocked down a peg. What I'm not okay with is being knocked down a peg after, you know, 10 million Americans die. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the part that really scares me. Yeah. I think that like uh, the Times did a uh, uh, they had a page up of saying like that the society can return once we get testing to 157,000 people per I don't know basically what I'm saying is that testing needs to go way up before we can resume but it's three times as much as we're testing right now yeah I mean and I think that was a Harvard study right yeah I don't know and and uh yeah, it's just where are the tests? Why have we been lied to at this time? Well, I, it's because Trump stopped the tests. And and I don't understand all of the people who are, you know, just defying 
science, right? Or, or, or spitting in the face of science, you know, and going out and congregating on the beaches, like you said, in Jacksonville, going out and, and, you know, protesting in front of the governor's mansion in, in Michigan or wherever. And Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota. And they're all around each other, just doing the opposite of what they should be doing. And it's led by the federal government. None of this makes sense. None of it. So here we anyway, are. <laughs> Peter, how are you? No, I'm cool, man. Things are good, dude. Like, you know, besides that. Well, have you fine. have you have you like gotten to the point now where you understand that you can only control what you can control? Well, yes. Um I I've, I've had I've had many things in my life that have gotten me to that point um over the last few years that you sort of come to a, a I, I think everyone whether it's this or something else in your in your life will bring you to your knees and at some point and make you realize that and um sometimes you get like for it seems like you kind of get forced to realize it over and over and over again which can be a little uh, a little frustrating but yeah no I, I i feel yes i to answer your question i do feel that way um doesn't make it always easy you know and um how do you how do you wake up in the morning and understand that you're in control well i'll tell you this the the fact that i have a new morning routine um and it's actually a really enjoyable morning morning routine um and i'm like oh this is nice this is what i do now um i decided this is how it is this is one of the very few things i can decide um you know Normally, I would wake up, um, uh, run, sometimes run bare outside um, late at night. Sometimes, if it wasn't late at night, I'd run them out first thing at like 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I run them out when I get back at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, whatever it is. Um, it depends on the day and what he needs. But then I would usually like hurriedly and late um, jump in my car, get to work, um, and run upstairs, you know. And now, upside, I can I sleep literally up until like <laughs> five minutes before I'm on the air, and I go do the first half hour of the show, like totally just chill. And yeah. like, I I wake up, I wake up over from six thirty to seven is like me waking up. We do Laura never loses. We talk, you know, Ebro. Ebro usually like gives you a nice ten minutes on what happened yesterday. God knows what you saw on Instagram. <laughs> and then at seven o'clock, we finish flashing lights, and we don't talk again until seven twenty. For congratulations, you played yourself. So a little catnap. Um, so no, <laughs> no, not a catnap. A little, a little dog walk. <laughs> so at at that point, I then run bear outside, put coffee on, you know, come back inside, grab my coffee, turn on my I Zoom, I join the visual part of it at, at 7.15 and drink my coffee and hang out with everyone. And then we get to have, you know, and I will tell you, like, we really, it's a blessing to love the people I work with this much. And it's, that's not to say that no one's ever annoying, read Ebro, but... <laughs> But, you know, because we do get on each other's nerves sometimes. Sure. But, but the fact that the relationship is so based in um, 
genuine respect and appreciation for each other. Like we like looking at each other, all of us in the morning and talking and like everyone's on zoom. Like I don't want to name names, but I'm sure there are other morning shows out there where the idea that you have to have that person's face in your house makes you sick. And are you talking about us? (laughs) 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 Well, you guys are a morning show. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, You guys are the only people completely unchanged in your radio process (laughs) um, by this, by COVID-19. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I I know there are people out there um, who don't want to talk to each other. And we really sort of enjoy the couple hours, you know. That's great. You know, and we wrap up. We do an interview till you know, sometimes we'll do interviews at 9 for a half hour. And then sometimes we'll just sit on there and schmooze for a little while longer on Zoom. That's great. A little bit of humanity, you know. Yeah. And then – well, how, how do you find interviewing sure. over the phone as opposed to in person? It depends on the person. Like, you know, some people are on Zoom constantly. So if we have them on Zoom, they're really comfortable with it. They've been doing it, uh, whatever. Um, some people aren't as good. And, you know, we're, we're it's it's taken time to get everyone comfortable sound-wise. Um, just from a tech standpoint, just on our end. Yeah. Um, so I think we're finally getting there where our videos look pretty good. Um, uh, I w- shout out to my boy, uh, Rasan, who's been recording our zooms and editing them into cool videos. And like, he's really done a cool job with, um, you know, like some of our videos, like our, our battle recaps that yeah, puts together which are excellent. Really well. Yeah. yeah. They're really well done. It's like actually good content that people seem to enjoy. So, um, it's it's a process, like figuring out how to work with people on phoners or, or Zoom or whatever it may be. But um, yeah, it's not as good as in person, but it's also nice to be able to have it be over and then there's no schmoozing afterwards. <laughs> like, All right, peace. <laughs> Peter, um, talking about the battles, uh, were you were you uh, let down in any way by the Primo and Riza verses? You know, I finally find something I'm actually happy about. And, of course, you guys want to go ahead and ask <laughs> what I'm down by. Wait, I, yeah, I'm surprised. I thought that it was I thought it was enjoyable. It was, it was enjoyable. But but there was this thing where people were like, well, you know, beforehand, everyone listed the top 20 songs that Primo would play, the top 20 songs that Rizzo would play. And those guys went so left, right? And, yeah, I get it now saying it out loud where Peter would be like, oh, they went more towards me. But at the same time, they held most of the heat to the overtime so as a viewer were you hoping that he would like or that they would go with like their bigger hits or were you pleased that they really did go into the backpack like pretty deep i thought it was generally great um i thought that Uh oh generally (laughs) no i was happy i was really happy yes they waited they waited too i did not stay up for all of overtime Mm -hmm. i i I stuck around for the first three and i was like all right this has gotten super long yeah like i I love you guys and you're my heroes, but I, I, I'm, I'm, it's time. It's time to go ahead and live my life. Go to sleep now. Um, but I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't really have a problem with that many selections. I thought RZA had a couple of weird choices. I, I, didn't, I didn't really – Primo only had that one MOP record, which I thought was a very odd choice. Mm-hmm. Even for his MOP stuff, I didn't understand breaking the rules. That was a weird choice. But um, – Besides that, and besides the problem, you know, the sound problems early, which were kind of annoying, um, I really was great with everything. And, you know, listen, 
I realize I've gotten to a point right now. I've been around for so long and people have, I've gotten so, there are certain people I should say who have gotten so annoyed and just kind of over whatever my takes are. Are you talking about us again? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, (laughs) That I know, like, like I got completely torn down for mocking the battles at first. I I almost got kicked off the internet. Oh (laughs) yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. Cause I literally, I maybe, and maybe it was residual from the J electronica thing that people were still mad about that because I, I had the audacity to say that, as a Jew, I was uncomfortable with someone saying things about Jews. Right. So people were already mad at me about that. How, how dare I? And then to follow it up with, I thought I'm not really into R&B writing battles, made made me, I was like public enemy number one. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing about that to me was that then, we, there we are a week later, or two weeks later, whatever it was, and obviously there was more hype and excitement about a hardcore hip hop battle. It wasn't even close. Did anyone <laughs> even remember Neo and Jonte Austin once we got to Primo and, and and Rizzo? So it's like, I get it. People are sick of me always being sort of a naysayer and calling things out. But like, honestly, that's sort of what my job is, is kind of to be um, a culture critic. And I get it. There are certain people who just would prefer to not have my voice in that culture being a critic. But that is what my job is. And I've been doing it and practicing and learning for it for 25 years. So I, I, I felt good about that battle happening. Cause I was like, yes, this is what I mean. Hip hip hop is the essence of what battling is from. I thought that the way that you responded to the JLX stuff, especially when you put up the follow up post talking about, and maybe it wasn't a post. I think it was on the radio instead, but you, you talked about your mother, you know, uh, surviving the Holocaust and, um, well, and, she was born in a, she was her she was born in a displaced persons camp after right yeah. but 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 with all that to say that like you have you know uh 30 40 some odd years of experience of growing up with that knowledge of just like what it's like to to deal with like you know anti-semitism and and you know like that your parents like schooled you in that right yes and so i thought that you availed yourself very well in the follow-up um, conversation. I was wondering if the conversation changed at all when you put that that up. No, nothing. People, the 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 the, the comments that are made in that way, they are unchangeable. Like the the um, the people who suck on Twitter, whether it's um, magomaniacs or wrestling lunatics or hip hop crazies, um, the bad aggressive part of all those groups well i mean in, in the maga case it's the entire group but yeah. in 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 the aggressives of all the other groups even like the regular kind of groups they, they don't get their minds changed you know like i knew that what i said was a really reasonable thing that's hard that's hard to argue you know i would never in life tell a black person that something isn't racist and i would never and I, and I have to be very mindful of that. Like when I'm on the K show and there's a story about someone being called a racist and Michael will jump out there and, and defend someone and try to say, oh, that's not racist. I have to be mindful. Like, well, hold on. I, we're not in a position to make that call. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and so I, I really try to do that. And I've always tried to do that. Um, I would never tell a gay person what's homophobic. And, and I recently 
if you watch again, no one cares when they're mad at you. They just hate you and they, they find me annoying. So they're going to hate me no matter what. Right. But if you were to watch, for example, um, I don't remember who we interviewed. I think it was, um, what's that dude who just put out the book and has the gossipy website. He's a gay dude, outspoken, funny, Michael Savage. No, I don't know. He does. He does the, um, fuck. I, I, I really, I apologize. I'm gonna look him up right now, but he, he has a very popular, um, podcast and sort of, uh, and, and, and blog. And I'll, I'll pull up his name right now, but we were doing an interview and he was sort of talking. We ended up having a conversation sort of about him and his views on, on trans issues and sort of like, um, Chappelle's comedy. And I got just as emotional about that. And I'm like, I mean, honestly, you as a just gay man don't really have shit to say about the trans experience. Like, I'm sorry, that's not that's not the place we're in anymore, where if you're in a different group, you can tell people, oh, you you need to chill out. Right. And, and that's and that's true of any group. Me as a white man, I have no place to tell a black dude or a Hispanic person how to feel about shit. And if you're not trans, like, that's why I thought we all kind of I love Chappelle. I do. But I understood the trans community feeling the way they felt. And it kind of felt like everyone kind of ganged up to, like, tell them, oh, you, you shouldn't feel that way. I think the I think the most important thing, not the most important thing. I think another important thing that you uh, brought up was when Jay Electronica responded to you, or or maybe like put himself out there to you in the first place, and said like we could have a discussion about this. You know, we need a platform or something like that. And you said, "Hi, I have a daily platform every single morning." And I think ultimately, regardless of whether he would have or would not have, at least that was out there, and you guys could have had. A conversation on you know equal standing and be able to go into it yeah did, did anything like progress from there have you talked to jaylek or no by the way first of all shout out, the guy i was talking about was jason lee apologies Got it. um and um no jaylek i reached out um my my man is friends with his manager and i said find out if he actually wants to talk and i, I you know and i said does he want to come on the show or anything i never heard back so um listen I don't think he actually wants to talk and listen to his point. You know, we definitely did talk about this shit way back in the day and sort of at the time I, I came to a place, I think of being like, Oh, he's cool. You know? Um, and guess what? I felt different about it when I heard it this time. So I don't really, he's not wrong in pointing out that we talked about it at some point years ago and I felt differently about it. Um, I, I did a, I've, a culture has changed them. Um, yeah, we well, um, anti-Semitism in this country has changed since then. Yeah, certainly has um, a, a lot. Yeah, and um, and uh, everything has changed. My relationship with him has changed, so I'm not able to have the same perspective and have him. I, I just heard an album blankly, and also, you know, listen, I'm fully transparent about the biases I have in people. Um, you know, the last thing I heard from Jay Elect after we knew each other well for years was when I had my thing with Chuck D yeah it, it after it had completely had calmed down and I'd apologized and made it good after it had been kind of rough JLX popped up like a month later out of nowhere and just like fired a shot on Twitter about it and um I was like oh this this is where things stand and that was about five years ago so it's not like him and I were good to start out with. So that whole argument of the idea of him being like, 
oh, well, we talked about this a long time. Well, yeah, we did. But you also then came at me about some other shit since then. So let's not act as if we've been on the same page for 12 straight years. We haven't. Um, though I do think he has some great qualities and he's incredibly talented. And I think Exhibit C is one of the best records ever made. Um, and I think this song has a, a, some good songs on it. I mean, this record has some good songs on it. Um, yeah, it just felt different this time around. And um, I think that's fair. I, I didn't I, like it. I, um, I, we talked about it on our thing with, uh, with Dave from Chromeo and A-Track because um, they brought it up and they were like – because it seems like, you know, when there's anything that's like um, – like a, a Jew in hip hop, it's just like, oh, then we get asked questions. Yeah. And so we we were both like, we didn't feel, I don't think any of us felt um, offended by the lyrics, right? It. I, I think that we felt like, you know, you were certainly not wrong with what you said. Yeah, I don't think that you're wrong for feeling offended. I just personally And I think that it. when we heard the lyrics, it was like, well, you know, more of the same. It's like in that same, for us, it was like, you know, the tropes of like, you know, Jewish lawyer or, you know, things. But is were, that, is that, is that not being offended by it? Or is that just being used to it and not being any more offended by it? Maybe that's both. That's what I would add. Yeah, that's, I would say both. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, and, and, and I wouldn't put you on the spot to make you guys feel the way I feel. I mean, I, I guess if I'm being fully transparent as I've been about everyone, why not be with you guys too? I mean, you guys, A-Track, Alchemist, um, None of the Jews I know responded or agreed with me. I was out there completely on my own. And that is everyone's right to not feel that way. I, I don't understand it. Um, if you if you if you listen to the album, Synagogue of Satan, you could argue that's a random thing. Oh, it's from the New Testament. Well, I mean, there's two things. One is people saying that's from the Bible as if that's a defense is psychotic and makes no sense. Um, the origins of anti-Semitism go back that far. Um, but. Then the follow-up to that would be, he also talks about Palestine getting hit by rockets from Satan. So if I'm following the theme, and you guys know, I'm no um, super pro-Israel guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I am I am pro-peace down the line. At the same time, I'm not comfortable with referring to Israel as Satan on the same record that you also say synagogue of Satan. I'm just noticing a lot of fucking Satan. There's a lot of Satan. <laughs> a lot of Satan. Okay. A lot of Satan. And, and, if you, and if you go back and look into a lot of other things from the past and conversations that have been had around Jews um, by certain people, uh, that is a theme. And so I guess I'm surprised that no one else put that all together and felt uncomfortable with it. Well, that did surprise me. I'll say this. I didn't listen that closely. I also didn't, like, people would ask me what I felt about the album, and I was like, you know, I, I like that it exists. I didn't, it's not something that I would ever... I'm not the biggest Jay Alec fan. I'm not the biggest. Um, nor, it, nor do we pretend to be. You yeah, know? I mean, like it just his music is is good by all intents and purposes, but like it doesn't hit me the way that I think that it hits a lot of other people. And so I wasn't really a part of that conversation. Um, Got it. But that being said, what I identified with, like I said, was you in your second conversation about it i was like oh i see why peter would be offended by this um and so i did i faved it on twitter <laughs> i don't know if that wasn't that, that wasn't a lot but i mean like you know i i was just like okay uh, well, I, I didn't see that, that that's all i want <laughs> but i was like okay like this i get um because believe me i took track of the people um who liked his response to me <laughs> oh no i i also heard that on the radio um but and i saw that like uh 
somebody who I won't mention was very upset that that you had mentioned him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I heard about I heard about that too. But like, maybe he liked it by accident. Like, I don't know what to say. He liked it. <laughs> people people think this happens in sports a lot too. People are like, oh, I don't know why everyone made a big deal about a like. Does anyone know what the like means? It means that you've co-signed it. You're co-signing. Like, yeah. like when you now listen, if someone's reporting tragic news and you like it, no, it doesn't mean like. Oh, Kobe Bryant died and you like the tweet. No, right. that doesn't mean I would never like that tweet. I find it weird. But when people do that, I assume they're just saying, I feel you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying I'm glad it happened. But when it's an opinion given, when someone says, fuck Peter Rosenberg and you like that tweet, that's saying fuck Peter Rosenberg. But there's exactly also, I've, I've found this over the years. A lot of people just like things, not by accident, but because they like the idea of like drama. And it's not even like a personal thing sometimes, but they just like that, like somebody's bringing some energy, some of that energy to the timeline. Hmm. And so like there's thing there, there've been like subtweets about uh, us or about like other people throughout the years that I've seen people favorite. I'm just like, okay, well subtweets like are very um, malleable. Like you can't really tell who it's about sometimes. And so maybe people just like words, but like what you were added in it, and so that's different, but I do think that that people just like drama. Well, and and, and people do make mistakes. I should say that, right? Um, here's a, this is funny actually. Um, Meek liked what JLX said, and I tech and I DM Meek, and I was like, "Word, son, you this is what you co-sign." I don't say son; that would make it sound rude. Right. I yeah. said, "I was like, I was like, word, bro, you like this?" And he was like, "Fuck, my bad. I didn't even know it said that. It's unlike, <laughs> like." <laughs> Some people, they're not even, you know, they flip through, they see a couple words. And yeah, like, like they're, cool. they're not that invested in it is what, I, is what I'm trying to say. Like, exactly, I think that, that's yeah. exactly right. You're, yeah. you're, and you're, you're right about that. And, and maybe that happened. But if that happens, I don't know, is the onus on me to apologize for calling them out or on them to apologize for accidentally liking some shit that was about me? I think I you know. just sort of have to, like, let it go. It's just, like, one of those things where it's just, like, I, you just can't care about, like, yeah. people's involvement in this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and investing too much in internet shit also. Um which is how so, the whole LL Cool J thing happened. <laughs> now we get back to the real thing. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just want to say and like in wrapping that up, like um I I don't I don't think Jay Elect is like uh, some villain. Um uh, I don't I don't hate his guts. Um I I I also am not particularly interested in talking about it with him. You know, like if 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 he wanted to, I certainly would. I wouldn't do some you know whatever forum with religious scholars that he has to explain to me how that term isn't anti-Semitic. I don't. I'm not doing that. I don't right. care about yeah. what they say. Um, religious scholars explaining things to me mean it it doesn't work for me. I'm not religious enough, and frankly. Uh, it, it's I, I I understand what the context is, and it, let, me, let me put it this way: go look at the replies that people had to me on the subject, and it really illuminates a lot about the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't and, I didn't and, think that the why the, I had a problem with it in the first place. I didn't think that the what he said was super anti-Semitic, but I found the responses to be anti-Semitic. So I was like, also, oh, there's no way not to find them. There's no way to avoid that part. Right. Yeah. So like you know, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's just like. <laughs> Was it a big deal in the beginning, but is it a big deal now? Right. You know? Well, let me ask you this question, though. Yeah. Do you do you believe that the term synagogue of Satan was happenstance and could have just as easily been a different word? 
or do you think it's specifically using that? And if so, when did you guys get a dog? Oh, no, it's no, in the hallway. <laughs> um, and if so, you know, I don't want to go into it further, but then to think about why why that word choice and if and, and this idea of there are fake Jews and that's what he's talking about, right? Because that's what a lot of people are saying is that he's calling out the fake Jews. I have an update for you guys. Were the fake Jews? No, no, oh no, we get that a lot. Like obviously, we do two Jews and two black dudes with the with the locks, and all of their fans, the, the majority of their fans, call us the fake Jews. Say like, oh, it's two real Jews, and you know, yeah, I forget two, the word. Two other guys. Yeah, this whole made up thing of like this like idea that the lost we're tribe, the fake yeah, Jews mm -hmm. is listen. Obviously, obviously, I believe that original Jews were people of color. Yeah, I, of course. I, I, that's like it, it would be moronic to think anything else. I don't give a fuck if you think I'm a fake Jew or a real Jew. I'm the Jew whose family was thrown in ovens. Correct. They were Jews. Correct. So Correct. that's all that fucking matters to people of this day moving forward. Right. So if you want to call yourself real Jew, even though you don't even know what Hebrew looks like. Right. That's fine. I don't care what version of Jew you call me because I also believe the original Jews definitively had dark skin. I'm good with that. Of right. course. Right. Um, but it's but our people who are getting it now. Exactly. And yeah. in this specific context. Where you're taught, where he's talking about people who are the fake Jews, I, I I need an explanation then on who we're talking about because my guess would be you're referring to people who identify as Jewish the way we do. Now maybe it's not us specifically. They're referring to people like Leor Cohen or people more powerful than Leor Cohen. Sure, and, sure. And maybe that's what you mean. But either way, I'm not supposed to be uncomfortable with the idea of the evil Jew who ruins the world. I'm not supposed to be uncomfortable in the current society we live in. Right. With the current people who are in power, you know, like it's yeah. kind of crazy when you think about it, like as regular sort of um, secular Jews, we are sort of caught in the middle where you have people on the extreme left who hate us yeah. and the people on the extreme right who hate us. Yeah. Um, it's it's scary. And then and when you're when you're just a regular Jew who identifies as being Jewish, you're not overly religious. You absolutely believe in the rights of Palestinians and for a, a two state solution. Whatever it is that you believe in, you're for peace. You're not some lunatic pro-Israel hawk. Right. You're not some. To, you, and you, where do we fit in? Right. Like it, it, we don't. You don't really. And I'm trying to have a pity party. My life is fine. But in terms of a, a dialogue that exists on the internet, where do we fit in? You're you're kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. Well, then the question is, can you see? And I think the bigger question is, can you see the internet over to them and like remove yourself from it and like live your life, right? Or is that I think that's probably I the only choice, right? Yeah, but I don't know if that's productive in any way, right? Like, I mean, like, to... To, to not have of, the conversation? Well, to put your hands up and to not have the conversation then allows them to have the conversation <laughs> without you, which I think is the whole point of, like, what we're all saying, right? Like, it's just, like, that's that's sort of all this is. We, we are just the forgotten people, and so then people paint us in this light as... You know, we we run media. We do like you right. allow these caricatures of yourself. Have to money, be, right? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's whack, bro. The the bottom line is this: Twitter really has a lot of bad shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, like, look who runs it. I, I it's it's awful, and like Twitter, and Instagram is terrible for other things, but not as much the hate. It's terrible for like self esteem and. All these other things. And, and for animation. every Instagram battle that's not Primo and RZA. <laughs> yeah, and for R&B you know, writing battles. I mean, I don't know. Am I going to – like, like 
but between them both, they both have some pretty bad shit, man. Like, uh, and, and people are deeper on their internet right now than ever before. That's for sure. Well, let me ask you this, Peter. In closing, can we make it to November? <sighs> I, I don't, I, what does make it mean? I don't know. I don't anymore. know. Make, I don't know. Anymore. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> You, if you if you had said making it involved six hundred New Yorkers dying a day, I would be like, no, that doesn't sound like making it. Um, yeah. And then and then also, can we make it past November? Because, guys, the scariest. I'll, I'll end on this. The, yeah. the, the the scariest thing about this election is, is that the setup to lose is so perfect. I um, you know, Biden is such a question mark. As a candidate, and I don't, and I don't mean who he is morally. I, I'm fine with Joe Biden, the politician. I, I, I know the mistakes he's made. I know the ways he's changed as a politician, the ways he's evolved, what his shortcomings are, what he's good at. I'm cool with it. He is a standard Democrat. Um, it is not, it is not the progress that this world needs uh, long term, but it is the calm and peace that we need immediately. Yeah. Um, and my concern is. His inability to, the, to talk well, his his age, um, there are several things working against him. Um, in an election we absolutely cannot lose, we did not get an unbeatable nominee. That is uh, true. By, by, any, by any means. That, he, he's that is beatable, true. And that worries me. Uh, but Bernie wasn't the perfect candidate. You know, like no way, we, definitely like, not. We were, we were, or at least I was, like all in on Elizabeth Warren. Um, I, I hope that she uh, comes on the ticket. I think that would be um, good for America. I'd be cool with Stacey Abrams too. She would be great as well. Um, Fine with both of them. Yeah, but uh, I, I really do believe right now the choice is is very stark. It's and this is the reality. It is. It's it's Trump, or it's not Trump. You know. That is one hundred percent what it is. So uh, um, listen, Peter. And I, I really, I really hope he's good enough. To, I just really hope he's good enough to to win. I think he's been better recently when he's in one on one situations. He's better, um, and I just hope he he's able to. And I hope these elections happen, man. This is this is uh, that is a very scary reality as well. Um, we cannot we cannot afford to lose. That's all, Peter. We love you. Um, take care of yourself and uh, stay inside. Unlike those idiots outside in in uh, Riverside Park, outside your window. Although I do love seeing you shout at them. That's pretty great as well. Um, we'll be we'll be checking in on you. We love you. Take care of yourself. All right. Love love you too, guys. Peace. Jeff, let's now get on the phone with Fabio Foreign. Fabio, what up? What's happening? Oh shit, Fabio. <laughs> Listen, Fabio, we've seen you perform a bunch of times in the city. Uh, obviously, we saw you at uh, SOBs when you came out during Partisan Fontaine's show. We saw you at Duce Palooza at Barclays. You got a lot of energy in you. And uh, what is it like now to have to, you know, rein yourself in and live inside these four walls 24 hours a day? This shit crazy. I just... I just, uh, I just be in the crib, you know, bugging everybody out. <laughs> so I got mad energy. That's what I do. Who's in your house right now? My baby mother. She's Spanish, so she got like four of her cousins over here. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you had tweeted at the end of March that you got tested for COVID nineteen and that the results came back negative, which is great. 
And then you said in that same tweet that you hoped everyone stayed safe outside. Um, so I have two questions about that. One, what symptoms did you have making you go to the doctor and, and get that test? And two, is there anything worse than when people respond to your sincere tweet about your health and then they put their music videos there just trying to get some buzz? You know what? I ain't really, I ain't really have no symptoms. I just went because I know a doctor. I mean, I'm cool with a doctor. Yeah. So so that's why I really went. But now nah, when people do the repost thing, like, nah, that shit don't even be me. I don't even know if you be saying that I'd be like, whatever. <laughs> so your video just came out for Weddy. And I want to know what uh, what it was like to have Lil' Kim in the video. Like, how did that even happen? Um, she mad cool. Um, she mad cool. Um, that's Medina, good, good, good friend. And, like, they call each other sisters. And I, and I call with Medina. So she introduced me to um, Lil' Kim. And then come to find out Lil' Kim. Lil' Kim is, like, she, like, grew up, she grew up with my aunt. Crazy. Back in the days, before Green years. So she know, like, my family was just, I ain't even know that. One month in to this whole thing, what food do you miss the most from outside? I I to get the seafood plate thing. Um, fire, like, they come with whatever you want, but mad seafood, vegetables, all the types of fire. Who's doing most of the cooking in your household right now? Um, right now, the person that's cooking the most is me. Oh, my. Wow, I can't even know <laughs> All right, no, 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 no. My baby mother cooks a lot. <laughs> she making me cook. She making me cook, man. Yeah, it's hard to take credit for everything when the person who's actually doing the work is standing like two feet from you. <laughs> Yo, what is what does New York City mean to you now? Considering like you know you know what it was that feeling that you guys brought to stages to to the streets to you know radio stations at the end of 2019 for you to see what the last few months have been like in this city. And if you step outside right now, you know everyone's inside. It's quiet outside. There's no cars, no nothing. How does how does that New York City feeling continue after this? After all this is over. I figure like I figure like everybody like like everything else everybody's gonna figure what to do like give it like a month people probably gonna still be talking about it but you know like people could get about things fast yeah that's true so I think like once all this shit is over everything like be be back to normal like back back to normal I don't know I think it's gonna be like a way different thing like even like just like people being around each other is gonna be super weird. I think, um, you know, like, handshakes are going to be super weird. Like, going to concerts is going to be super weird. Like, I, I I, feel like it's going to take, like, a little bit yeah. for it to get back to 100%. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I think I mean, so. I mean, I mean, because I don't think, I don't think it's going to be that great. I got to tell you. You know why? Because for me, for me, I got to talk to the I'm going to forget about the shit in, like, two days. I'm still gonna be. I'm still gonna try to. I'm still gonna try to use this to keep my to keep my practices like what I've been doing. Like you feel me? Like I've been I've been like fake trying to work out every morning, like being a little bit healthier. So I'm gonna try to keep all that still. I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to keep all that. But like it's just like even, even people that like even people that like been locked up. To me, like say you've been locked up. You've been like we don't, we only been doing this for like a month. Somebody that's been locked up for like a, like a two years, five years, seven years, like 
it's not like they're gonna still live in jail when they come home and they monitor. Like they're gonna forget that it's not that they forget about it, but they don't need to forget about it, but they're not really gonna think about it like the next month, they're gonna be thinking about other shit. Like. Yeah, but then it's also like I mean like yes, it's it's sort of like that cuz like but even when you come back from from jail which I have not um I don't know if you can tell I I have not gone to jail. <laughs> I um but like there is an adjustment period. And so like you sort of need to get over that hump to like reacclimate yeah. yourself to being around people and to, you know, getting to like the daily rhythms yeah, yeah. of life, you know? Yeah, certain habits, certain habits all cut. So that's what that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to keep certain habits. But yeah. How are you working out? Oh, you know, doing a couple push-ups. I ain't doing no steps. So. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get some physical, but I'm about to get a trainer. Oh shit! Like a virtual trainer? I gotta get a virtual trainer, right? I just thought about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a bunch of people who are doing like spinning classes online and stuff like through like the, yeah. yeah but there's also like you know uh people are doing instagram lives every yeah. day that are like you know fitness people so there is that option um fabio when you think about all the momentum you had uh through 2019 and what 2020 was supposed to be for you how do you yourself keep that focus to once this is you know over that six month hump or something like that, how do you keep pit, uh, hitting people over the head and like get back to that that fire that you had? Um, I mean, like when I'm not a new artist no more, it's just gonna be like, I mean, it's just gonna be regular. Like, I'm just gonna go crazy. Like, me, still do what I do. I could keep out. Like, this with me, like. I can keep recreating myself. I, I feel like I feel like I can keep coming up with new, new fire, new fire, more new, 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 new fire, like new style. It was just your birthday, like uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Right. What was it like to have your birthday like not a big thing? Like you had to do it inside. So like even though like your girl and uh, your baby mother and like um you know her four cousins are there, but like what? How did you make your birthday special? Um, yeah, she ain't really do shit for me. <laughs> Again, she's right there. <laughs> Yo, Fabio's trying to get kicked out of his own house. I know. <laughs> nah, um, nah, she tried to do something nice and got to an argument. Oh. But, 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 but it was like, it was like, it was like, like, like I had my, my cousin and shit. It was regular, like, everything, everything now is more like family, clothing, I mean, we ain't trying to be around. I don't want to be in the network. Yeah. Just keeps working. <laughs> I try to be around. Be, I'm, I'm mad. People don't understand that shit. You know? So I don't do the same thing. Fabio, how do you feel about how you started the whole like a ad lib and that it just like sort of took off and so many people started claiming it that weren't affiliated with you? Yeah, everybody started claiming. It. I mean. Really and truly, that shit get everybody else to fight more than me. Like, because, like, it's source. And that's what source do. Like, that's what source is for. Source is to be run around like that. It wouldn't be source if only you did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, if only you did it, it'd be like, all right, that's on that. But it's 
Yeah. Yeah. Your new project is called 800 BC, right? Does that mean 800 years before coronavirus? It means 800 is my... Like that's my little, that's my that's my game right there. Like eight hundred for me. Yeah. But the, the BC is like, see, see, my album, my album, my, my album is called the Bible. That's hard. So BC is like before the Bible, like before Christ, before the coming. Some people be saying before Corona, so yeah, I just leave it like that. <laughs> so since your baby mother has thrown you uh, a birthday party, mm-hmm. since she has. Uh, been doing the majority of the cooking over there. Yep. Is she also going to be your music video director, your engineer? Is she going to be doing everything for you that you can't get done outside the house? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even ask her. <laughs> Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> oh great very cool yeah yeah awesome Yo, she's a keeper. Yeah, I, yeah. Yo, I fuck with Jasmine. Yeah. Nigga <laughs> said I fuck with Jasmine. Don't, don't, don't get too comfortable. Oh. <laughs> so wait, are you like, how are you spending your time like inside? Are you playing video games? Are you watching TV? What are you watching if you are? Like what, how do you fill your days? Well, I just cut my throat. What? Oh, you legitimately just cut yourself. Yeah, you know I be um I be like I be like cutting up fruits and lemons and shit more. See, this is why I Jasmine cut. has to cook. Yeah. Yeah, right, you right. Jasmine <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Fabio, uh, congratulations on everything uh, to this point. Uh, we're really looking forward to everything that you're going to put out, uh, mixtapes, albums, whatever. We're looking forward to the Bible when that eventually drops. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we're sending all our love to you and your family. Just stay inside, stay safe, and, uh, you know, stay away from those knives. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm seven, Jasmine, can you do this? <laughs> Yeah, so what you saying again? Uh, <laughs> she said like some really nice things. I was just saying nice things like congratulations on your career and you know, hope you stay safe and don't cut yourself and all that, so. I appreciate you, man. I'll make sure to tell John that she Alright, take care. <laughs> shout out to Fabio Farin, shout out to Peter Rosenberg, and shout out to Fat Joe. Jeff, are we back tomorrow? We're back every day forever. As always, guys, not for real, for real. Sure, sure. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Brrr.